welcome to this. Uh, we're now at episode 27 and um, okay, it's good to uh, good to be back a couple of weeks since the last podcast and um, this week we're gonna gonna cover off a couple of um, things that have been coming up in the news of recent. We had Lexi Thompson play in the men's uh, PGA um, tour event. Uh, we had uh, Tom Kim who got his uh, second win and um, or back-to-back wins of the same uh, same championship at the Shriners and um, there's news around uh, world golf rankings and live and PGA live sort of merger so we're going to cover some of that stuff off um, but the main uh, topic of conversation for this week's episode is going to be uh, about stats and what do we consider to be the best stat to improve your golf game and uh, we're going to get into that so uh, let's get going. So, the big question is this, how do regular golfers like us, who have jobs, families and very little spare time, how do we improve our golf and lower our handicaps? That's the question and this podcast will give you the answers. My name's Paul Gray, welcome to Golfing Secrets. Okay, so we're going to kick things off with um, just in terms of some results, really, uh, from uh, from sort of PJ Tour and the likes. So on PJ Tour, we had the Shriners uh, Children's Open. It's a bit of a strange one, this, because we don't typically get many of the sort of the top players. We don't get the likes of McElroy, Ram, and that. Ram was playing in Spain in the uh, Spanish Open. Uh, McElroy and a lot of the other sort of higher profile players have been sort of taking a bit of a break after the Ryder Cup. So it wasn't exactly a stacked field. Still a lot of good players in there. They're all good players at the end of the day, but um, uh, not uh, not um, you know any of the real sort of top echelons um, in the world rankings, I suppose. Uh, we had Tom Kim, who, who won the event and uh, finished a 20 under par, had a final round of five under. So had a great, a good solid sort of finish. And that makes him, he's, he's actually a repeat winner now so he won the same event this time last year so back-to-back wins for the Shriners Children's Open by uh, Tom Kim Um, so obviously a a great result and um, good for him he's now won I think three PGA Tour events uh, before he gets the age of 23 I think Um, and um, yeah it's it's obviously really good for him the only person that's that's won more events before the age of 23 is Tiger Woods so he's done particularly well um so certainly hats off uh, hats off to him um but the the big sort of highlight from that event really was uh, we had Lexi Thompson from the LPGA playing in in the men's event she was playing off the men's tee so we're playing exactly the same course and um it's a bit of a strange this one there's been a lot of sort of talk about what's the point in her sort of doing it because even if she was to make the cut yeah, it's not as though she's necessarily going to be playing other events and it's really going to be, um, you know, a lot of people are saying it's just, you know, to get, to get crowds to the course and um, all for entertainment. And to be honest, I, I, would, I would certainly agree. I think it's definitely good entertainment. And to be honest, given the sort of strength of the field... I personally, the only reason I watched the first couple of days was actually because Lexi Thompson was playing in it. I just wanted to see if if she could make the cut. And, and she was going pretty well. She was up to 39th at one stage. Um, was two under. 
and looked like she was gonna gonna be sort of making making the cut, and then made a, a couple of sort of silly mistakes, I suppose. Went for a, a pin on a on a par three and found herself having to take a drop. To be fair, she made an unbelievable um, bogey uh, after taking a drop and um, and, and, and making that making the putt, and, and she made some real good putts. Her putting was actually pretty pretty phenomenal over the over the time, but she just made a couple of a couple of errors and, and and that's really sort of what cost cost her so a little bit of decision making maybe but other than that she she played particularly well and was was certainly competing um as i say she was at 39th at one point and that would have would have would have made uh, she would have made the cut and in fact when you look at sort of the numbers she finished on level par um the cut was at trying to think where the when the cut was the cut was actually at or the cut was at uh what was it at cut was at two under so she you know even when she got to two under she still wouldn't have made the cut so um i think uh, that was certainly a shame for her but she certainly showed good good form and the thing that really sort of stood out her driving was phenomenal she was hitting drives over 300 yards and um apparently she says that you know, on the LPGA tour, she she can't use driver a lot of the time because the courses that they're playing on typically are that bit shorter, maybe a little bit narrower. So taking the driver isn't necessarily uh, um, a choice that a lot of them can make, or at least she can make, because she's such a long hitter of the ball. So it's it's interesting to sort of see, and for me, I I found it totally entertaining to see her sort of trying to make that cut and I was definitely rooting for her there's no no getting away from it but the the, the underlying thing is is that it's, it's ultimately entertainment it's trying to get sort of bums on seats and people in to watch the event and you've sort of got to, sometimes you've got a question what you know is that really what they they need to be doing for me I'd, I'd sort of I'd like to see it again. I have to say, um, it'd be good to see some of the top players from the ladies' game. Having said that, you know, this year she hasn't played particularly well. She played played really well and sort of in the Solheim Cup and and did a did a decent job, but hasn't been playing particularly well. So not necessarily on form. But to see her teeing up was certainly entertaining. And at the end of the day, when I'm watching me golf, I do want to be entertained. I don't particularly think from the rest of the the sort of entrance in the field I wasn't overly concerned about who was going to win it wasn't something I was particularly sort of interested in it was nice to see Ludwig Aberg um, sort of have a he had a phenomenal final round of nine under um, which was a joint best round of the day with along with Eric Cole who's having a, a really good season so or at least start of the season so um, it was sort of good to see some of that, but I didn't really pay a lot of attention after on the weekend after Lexi Thompson sort of uh, didn't make the cut really because I didn't I didn't wasn't anybody I particularly wanted to follow to say, um, and I think that's partly the problem for the Shriners sort of event. It, it's positioned at a, a time of year when a lot of the top players are taking quite long breaks or or not playing, or, or very choosy around where they're where they're playing. So it doesn't necessarily get a a massive amount of following and and and. That. and it's a bit of a shame I mean they're all still fantastic golfers but it's it's seen as one of those events that in the fall season so after the tour sort of finished uh, the tour champion sort of finishes and the FedEx Cup finishes a lot of them take take that sort of break afterwards so it's classed as the fall season it's an opportunity for for players that are not in at the top of the rankings to try and get that win and um, you know there certainly were a few of them up there trying to sort of get that win and and get up the rankings and and hopefully sort of have a good start to to the season. So, 
so it's a wraparound season these days so it literally sort of continues but um but yeah so you know good result for tom kim good to see lexi thompson playing and i have to say i would definitely watch even if it wasn't her if it was one of the other ladies trying to sort of make the cut and near the top ones there it would be good to, I'd, I'd be interested to watch them play and see how they get on they're not going to be able to compete with 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 the men in general it's just a physical thing and a just and, and it just won't happen but I do think, you know, I'm, I'm certainly all for it. Um, maybe doing some more mixed type events might be a good idea. Some of those are quite good. And it's just good to see how, how the ladies do sort of compare. And, and a lot of the ladies have phenomenal short games and phenomenal putting. That's one of the key strengths, I feel, for, for the ladies' game. And uh, and they could certainly bring that. So uh, it be interesting to see if they do any more of these sorts of things. And... Um, you know, uh, I'm, I say I'm all for all for more of those sorts of events. Um, the other event that sort of happened was uh, the live event, which was um, in Jeddah. Um, it was the final event of the season. You know, all 14 events that they play, um, and we had Taylor Gooch uh, took the overall prize, a nice little pocketed, a nice 18 million. Um, I'm not sure how his team did because, to be honest. I'm just really not into the teams and the live golf. I do sort of like the idea of live golf, I have to say. And I've sort of said it before that I've tried to sort of follow it a little bit, but it's just so damn difficult to follow it because the coverage isn't isn't exactly brilliant. You, you can't always know when the things are being played. They do it on YouTube and it's just generally just tough to to watch it and, and even find out when you can watch it. Um, I would have liked to have seen a little bit of it. Um, I saw a few of the highlights, but, um, you know, Taylor Gooch, I think this year, somebody was saying they think he'd made something in excess of 30 million um, dollars this year, something like 39 million might maybe in terms of winnings this year. Um, and for him, I'm sure he's loving it. Um, but, um, I think that's it's all it's all about money ultimately, and that's what it sort of comes down to. And it sort of moves us nicely on, I suppose, to the announcement from the official world golf rankings. And uh, so the head of the rankings had sort of officially, officially announced that that Liv will not be receiving World Golf rankings. And um, I'm sure that there are a number of players, you know, playing on Liv who who probably are, are a bit miffed about that. Um, we've got the likes of obviously Brooks Kepka, who still actually, you know, has enough world ranking points. He's won the US Open as well. So he's he will get he will get um invites back anyhow and say it's okay for him but unless they've got invites back to to the majors they're you know they're not going to be allowed into them because they simply won't be able to accumulate enough enough world ranking points and that's i think is a shame however the reason given for for not allowing them to have world golf ranking points is 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 there's a few reasons really. So the first one is that it is just a different format. They only play over 54 holes um, rather than the the full 72 holes, which ultimately means that you know you can't compare like for like. So how can you give rankings accordingly? And it's difficult to to sort of pro rata it. Um, and and the reason for that is that. It's not just a singles single player event. It's also a team event. So it could be that the motivation for players is is somewhat different in terms of because there's a team element to it, and they obviously earn a lot of money for the team part of the event. So it's very 
it's difficult to sort of compare them like for like. The other side of it is also that you've got, um, it's done over 54 holes, but there's also no cut. So there's no real pressure. There's, it's just not the same pressure um, on players because they're all going to get paid whatever. They're all going to, in effect, make the cut because there is no cut. So I think the person who comes last in the in the regular events gets 100,000 anyhow. So there's no pressure on them to make the cut. And that, for me, is a big core element of the standard four-round tournament that we get on the PGA Tour and DP World Tour because it adds an element of entertainment in terms of, you know, hoping that the players you're supporting are going to make that cut. If they don't, it, it means they sometimes they've got to push and, and go for shots where perhaps they wouldn't normally just because they've got to make the cut. Um, and it, it just gives an element of risk, I suppose, risk and reward with it, as well as just better entertainment, I think. And it's nice to sort of follow players and, and actually sort of see how they how they act and how they perform when they're under that sort of pressure. So, So for me, I've got to say definitely agree with with the World Golf Rank is not being given a little bit disappointed because it means that the likes of Dustin Johnson who's I think something like 130 in the world now you know won't be able to play at the majors except for the Masters because he's won it and so gets an invite back for that automatically it means that a lot of those players just won't be able to play in them again um, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that and part of the part of the sort of benefits or the promotion of of trying to get those players to go across to the live tour was that you know they would get world ranking points at some point so for this to be announced uh, now i think puts a real dagger in 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 the back of the live golf sort of um fraternity as it were so it's gonna be interesting to see what sort of comes from that um and and alongside that, you know, there's there's not really been much announcement or any announcement really about the PGA and the Live Tour, um, or not the Live Tour and the PGA and the PIF sort of merger. Um, there's nothing being sort of said about that as to what's going to be happening with it, and all of this stuff has to be ratified and and agreed before the end of the year. And at the moment, it just doesn't feel as though that's gonna gonna happen. So we're still waiting on that to to get more information on it, and it's going to be interesting to sort of see what um what happens with that. At the moment, I don't know. Um, there was also another announcement um over the past week or so with regards to the TGL League, which is basically an indoor type event, uh, which is basically being set up by Tiger Woods. It's going to be held in an in- indoor venue. They're going to use simulators with big screens and uh, and have audiences and and people sort of come come in and watch. Um, they has there's a short game area, so um, you know there'll be a putting area so they can do their putting combined with doing shots into the simulator. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to sort of see what happens uh, with all of that, how that's sort of set up. It's certainly got a lot of bank a lot of backing. A lot of the top players, the likes of McElroy uh, and, and others, have have sort of committed to sort of being part of it. So it's something I'd be interested to see, and, and certainly something I'd be interested to see um, and see how that goes. Whether or not there's any sort of television deals would be. You would hope that there would be some form of television coverage, but at the moment we just don't know because yeah, there's not really that much sort of detail about it. But it's going to be interesting to sort of see slightly new format for the golf it's a different type of event and i'm all for different types of events um uh, provided that um you know it's it's entertaining ultimately um 
I sort of hoped that the live would be better. Um, and I do like the idea of live, but the problem is that the coverage and that is just not there. It's just, it's difficult to watch. Um, so I hope that with this new TGL league, it will it will um, uh, certainly come about and and have a lot more um, a lot more or better coverage, I should say. Really. So um, uh, we'll, we'll wait to see. So um, that's just some of the some of the latest sort of updates in terms of uh, what's happening in the world of golf. And so moving on. Um, the the main topic for this this podcast was going to be stats and what's the best stat to improve your golf. Now, when we talk stats, you know, a lot of people just aren't into their stats, and I certainly can appreciate that at times. Um, but when you're talking about stats, you have to think about the types of stats that you're looking at. And there's two sort of core types of stats. There's what we class as the old format of stats, which is your which is your standard thing. So it's your fairways hit in it. It's your greens hit in regulation. It's your percentages for up and downs. It's the number of putts made. It's uh, sand saves made, percentage of those made. And and they're what you call the stalwarts or the stats, the, the core ones that have been used for years and years and years. But over recent years, there's the newer format, which is strokes gained. And strokes gained... It gives you a a view of your stats and how you perform, but in a much more detailed view. So just as an example, um, it's broken down into tee shots, approaches, short game, putting and scoring. Now, when you look at um, tee shots, the way you judge how well you're performing is you'll have a benchmark handicap. So say your handicap is, say your handicap is 10, you will then base your stats or assess your own stat performance based on how you compare to a standard 10 handicap, depending on the system that you're using to to track and monitor your stats. So you can assess how you are how you're faring against um, somebody of a of an equivalent handicap across your tee shots, your approaches, your short game, your putting, and your overall scoring. And you can assess it and it gives you a plus or minus figure based on how well you're doing. So just as an example, if if you're looking at your tee shots, so it typically looks at fairways hit um, and if you or if you went left and right. Now, if you're hitting a lot of fairways and you're doing sort of particularly well, then uh, typically your um, strokes gained would be you know, sort of quite high. So just as an example, for for myself, my strokes gained on my tee shots is actually 3.29 uh, currently. Um, and that's compared to a 10 handicap. I'm a, I'm a six handicap at the moment. So for me, you would expect that I would gain some of those, some of those shots. But if I then moved it and compared it to say a five handicap, I would only be gaining 1.5 strokes um, uh, on a um, on a against the five handicap equivalent. So um, it also narrows it down in terms of of other more detailed elements. So if we look at approaches, it doesn't just tell you you know you've got your up and down stats. So how what your percentage of up and downs is, but it it, it breaks it down into into a lot more. Um, into a lot more um, 
categories. So, for example, it will give you a strokes gain stat that for your handicap, at your handicap level, um, for 50 to 100 yards. So any shots that you make within 50 to 100 yards to the green, it will give you a strokes gained um, number. And that number will range from minus right up to plus. Now, currently, my strokes gained for approaches is for 50 to 100 yards and in is plus. It's 0 0.56. For 100 to 150 yards, I'm plus 0.22. And this is against a five handicap. Now, I'm a six, so I'm, I'm doing fairly well in, those, in that category. Um, if we then go to the further we go out, so if we go to 150 to 200 yards, I gain 1.03 strokes, or have done over the last 10 rounds, versus a a um, a five handicap. So I'm, I'm sort of certainly gaining strokes, but it's when I hit that 200 plus yard when I do lose a little bit, and I lose 0.2 minus 0.25 strokes versus a five handicap. So. I know from my perspective, that's probably a weaker area, but um, I'm still pretty positive in terms of my strokes gained from from a from a from a, an approaches perspective. In fact, overall, taking everything into account, I gain 1.55 strokes against a standard five handicap player. Is is how that works. Now, the way the other way that strokes gained works is it looks at all of the categories and it gives an overall score against each category. So it gives one for tee shots, approaches, short game and putting. My strokes gained total over a five handicap at present or for the last 10 rounds I've played is 1.25. So it's saying, in effect, I'm 1.25 strokes better than a five handicap or that's what the 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 metrics sort of tell me and the reason that is is that you know um i'm positive in a lot of those categories i'm negative by quite a way in one particular category at the moment but um that i would is something just that's just been the last few rounds really which has impacted that uh, and it's something that's actually normally a strength in my game but um it just shows how things can change so you know, strokes gained is 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 fantastic if you really want to hone in on some of the weaker areas of of your game. And if I look at a complete year, so for this year um, uh, in total, my strokes gained versus a five handicap, which is the, my target handicap. That's where I want to get to initially. I'm working my way down to scratch, but I want to get down to five initially. I'm currently plus 0.37 strokes gained in total so i gain strokes from my tee shots i lose strokes from my approaches i'm losing a little bit um on my short game um but i'm positive in my putting so i'm 0.33 on my putting this year so far um that doesn't take into account a lot of rounds recently because i've had a problem with my uh, my device but that gives you a flavor of of what it is but the areas if i looked at those stats overall the areas i would hone in on would be my um, approach shots. That's what I would. That's what I would look to sort of home in on. So if I look at my overall stats, my um, fifty to one hundred yards in is level, which is good. Um, my um, hundred to one hundred fifty yards in, I lose 0.3 of a stroke, and the same for two hundred yards and plus. So I think I would certainly certainly look to to improve on that. And an interesting an interesting 
part of the stats is that the lie type actually determines how well I hit how well I hit my approach shots. Now, interestingly enough, when I hit the fairway, I actually lose 0.8 of a stroke from the fairway, whereas I gain or am near level for when I hit it. You know, from the tee, from the rough, or from the bunkers, which is quite strange. So for me, it's something that a lot of the time. What that means is that a lot of the time I'm hitting the fairway, but just not hitting my approaches as good as I should do for the level of handicap that uh, that I'm at. So it just gives me a lot more sort of detailed view and breakdown. And that's what strokes gain does. It gives you real areas that you can sort of focus in on. So I know that from 100 to 150 yards, I need to focus on my shots from the fairway. And that's what strokes gains give you. You can really nail down and drill down to specific areas to focus on when you're practicing. And ultimately, that's what you want to know. You want to know the specific things to work on. You don't want to be going to a range and having to work and working on loads of different things. You want to try and focus on just one element to work on when you go to the range so you can really get that nailed in, get it drilled and and, and improve that way. There's no point in going to the range, trying every club in the bag and, and not really improving you want to know the areas you should be focusing on and that's what strokes gains gives you now in terms of looking at strokes gained and getting those stats there's lots of devices and things that that you can get in order to do that um this is not a promotion for shot scope but i do use shot scope and have used shot scope now for for well over four years now and um, for me i find it's it's a, a great device to use they've got lots of different options you can wear a watch you can have a an in the pocket sort of device that does it they've got um um range finders and all sorts of different things um, and it's my sort of my sort of tech of choice if you like but if you're not somebody who particularly wants to look at strokes gained and, and focus on that side then um, what other stats can you look at and which ones would be the best? So when we're talking about the other ones, we're talking about, you know, we're talking about greens in regulation. We're talking about fairways hit. We're talking um, about number of putts made. And we're talking about your up and down percentage. So how many times you hit the green or miss the green but then get up and down. That's that's the up and down sort of percentage side of things. So when you look at these stats, you've got to think to yourself that you know which one's the most important. And for me, my, in my opinion, I believe that greens in regulation is probably the most important one. The more greens you hit in regulation, ultimately gives you a better chance of of um, making your par or making your bogey, depending on what your your handicap is and what you're looking to to try and do, and it's a I I, I feel personally it's one of those ones that will help you the best in terms of your overall golf game. If you're able to hit greens in regulation at a higher percentage than your handicap, then it will give you it gives you a chance to shoot some really good and low scores. But it does go hand in hand with the number of putts and from that side of things you know you can use the number of putts or the average number of putts um, over a season or the number of putts you make in a particular round and use that to to give you an idea as to where your sort of putting game is um, and I've got a 
um, an approach to this and and I've mentioned it before actually and what you can do is you can actually download a copy of um, the stats tracker that we've got so if you go to howtopractice.com forward slash stats you can um, actually download a copy of the stats tracker it's free to download there's no there's nothing else really sort of uh, from from that perspective um, but what it will give you is it gives you a um, a simple um, document that you can print off and 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 take with you to the course and record all of your stats. So you can record your greens and regulation, fairways hit, putts made, up and down percentage, uh, and all of those. It tells you how to do it, and it also gives you a table in there which shows what you should be aiming for depending on your handicap level. So just as an example for me, you know, as a as a six handicap, you know, it says I should be hitting probably nine fairways. I should be hitting ten greens in regulation. I should be making thirty one putts, uh, and my up and down percentage should be about forty percent. So they're the sort of the key sort of numbers that I would be looking for to sort of determine or, or aiming for it for me to shoot a um, a good round and. Um, so anybody can download it. You can just say, go to that, go to that. It's free to download. Just stick your name and email and you can download it straight away. So that's howtopractice.com forward slash stats. Um, but as I was saying, going, going back to the specifics. So for me, I think that greens and regulation is is really one of the key metrics that we should be looking at and, and potentially the most important um, because ultimately if you're not hitting greens and regulation and by regulation, I mean... If you're a if you get a a shot on on a particular hole, if you hit that green in in two for that hole, which is the standard regulation, then you've got a chance of certainly doing better than your handicap suggests. Um, so if you're a if you get a stroke and it's a par four, if you hit the green in in two, then you've got a chance to if you then par that hole with with just two putts you can then you know you've then made made um progress against your handicap and and will will be in a positive sort of um frame of mind i suppose going forward um but if you're a if you do gain a stroke on a par four if you've got a stroke in hand for a par four and and you hit it in three you've still got a two putt just to to make par for your handicap because you've got a shot so even if you make two putts you've made a five and then you get a stroke taken off because you've got a handicap of uh, that, that allows you to so it's it's really important i think in terms of greens and regulation if you don't hit as many greens in the regulation then you're going to have to rely on your short game which is your up and downs and your putting um, and it can put a lot of pressure on your game now for me actually my greens and regulation is actually quite poor um uh, currently i think for the for this year it started off and i was only hitting about 30 percent greens and regulation uh so i was only hitting you know five or six and in some rounds actually i'd only hit two or three greens and regulation um because i I'd, I'd just missed them fortunately my up and down percentage is quite high and in some rounds it's been 60 or 70 percent so it sort of saved me and that's sort of some of the strengths in my game my up and down percentage and, and my putting so i sort of get away with it but if i can focus on hitting those greens in regulation 
it, it just simply means it's going to be certainly a less stressful sort of round for me. And it gives me an opportunity to shoot much lower scores by hitting more greens in regulation for my handicap. So um, it's an interesting one. And, and from my perspective, I say greens in regulation is for me the, the most important stat and something you need to work. Yeah, everybody should sort of try and focus on. If you're going to focus on one stat, focus on greens in regulation. Because if you can work on that, then it takes pressure off other areas of your game. Uh, and so that would be, the, the, I suppose, the final point for this week. If you've got any comments or any views on that, if you're listening on Spotify, you can put Q in the Q&A section. Um, but um, do, by all means, you know, drop me a line. You can send any emails or anything to golf at howtopractice.com. Uh, happy to answer anything. But um, hopefully you got some semblance of knowledge. I could waffle on quite a lot about stats, um, but hopefully you've gained some insight into, certainly into strokes gained, and um, and a little bit about, you know, what may be some of the stronger or the, or the best stat to, to improve your golf. And for my mind, that is green to regulation. So that's it for this week. Um, thanks for... Thanks for tuning in. Uh, look forward to seeing everybody next week. As I say, if you've um, if you've uh, liked the podcast, the only ask is, you know, if you can share it with just one other golfer, uh, the more we can get in the community, the better. And um, we'd love to help a lot of others as we go. Next week, we've got some interesting sort of news around some new stuff we've got coming out. And um, yeah, some good stuff coming up. So uh, have good weeks, play some good golf, and uh, we'll catch everybody uh, later on. Thanks all for listening.